1: Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So, why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian.
2: Welcome to You Down, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. You really
3: have to move the other muck out of the way so you can be aware of when these things are happening, when Mm. your clairs, you know, the claircognizance, clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience are being tapped because it's that subtle where you're like, oh, that's coming from outside of me, not
4: inside of me. everybody, and welcome back to you Down, you Down, a podcast where four funny honeys come together to talk about what's going on in the culture. I am Yasmin Munae Watkins. I'm Shakir Janae Pei.
5: And I'm Ashley
4: Holston. But collectively, we are known as Obama's other daughter.
5: Minus one.
4: <laughs> Minus one. But... She'll be here later. She's going to join us for the combo. Yes. And today we're asking, are you
5: down with death? I don't know too many people who are down with death, but death is definitely down with all of us. Damn. (laughs) It's an inevitable part of our journey as humans Mm -hmm. and one we'll all experience in a multitude of ways. But we seldom talk about our own mortality and the afterlife in casual conversation. We never talk about it around my kitchen table anyway. I don't know about y'all.
2: Well, we talk about the people who ain't gonna make it to a good place, if you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
5: We didn't talk about it in my family, but with the rise of shows like Surviving Death and Upload, we think folks are more than ready to have conversations surrounding death and what comes after it. So joining us today is clinical psychologist, medium, and host of the podcast, Life, Death, and the Space in Between, Dr. Amy Robbins. But first, you know we're going to check in with each other. Ladies, what are you loving? What do you hate?
4: So I really love, earlier this week, I gifted myself, like, time to myself which I don't do that often um, to just like sit down and process and be like, where am I feeling? But I went to the beach and I roller skated and I like read, um, I read a couple books, Mo's new book, Chlorine Sky, and I just had the best time at the beach. And then I like had a night at a hotel and I like went to a fancy dinner by myself and like, it was wonderful. Like I was just like, I'm enjoying my own company. It's
5: important to enjoy your own company. Some people can't do it. They really can't. It was hard. yeah, I didn't realize that people don't like being by themselves until I started taking solo trips. And people would be shady like, oh, you must really (laughs) like your alone time. You don't like yourself? I'm sorry. I
2: know. I love my alone time. Shoot. Live alone. <laughs> I, I remember, I used to go to the movies alone. Shoot. I mean, I also worked at the really? movie theaters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I worked at the movie theater, so Ugh. I got used to just like, well, i me just pop in, go watch a movie, get a bag of popcorn, what? relax mm-hmm. by myself. Y'all, I didn't been to a concert by myself. a long time Stop. is mm-hmm.
4: I l- I was traumatized. The one time in middle school, I went to a movie. I saw my big fat Greek wedding by myself, and I was like trying desperately not to laugh because I just felt weird laughing alone. Like, I was like, oh ah.
2: I laugh at myself all day. <laughs> <I> laugh. <laughs> Shoot, I'm the loudest one too.
5: <laughs> but uh, that's lovely. What y'all loving? I have gotten back into roller skating now that the <gasps> weather is nice in Virginia. And yes! weather has also permitted me to be back working on the bus, trying to turn hey. it into a tiny home. It's been real cold, so I've been unmotivated. But um, I have been having some trouble with getting just, like, mechanics. I'm not a mechanic. I'm learning, though, right? Mm -hmm. But my... Beautiful baby brother has married into a family with a genius living in it. Oh, Uh, and they live across the street from him. So is my father-in-law? Is that my father-in-law? If it's my brother's
4: wife's dad,
5: I don't know. But uh, he is (laughs) a—he's like an engineer (laughs) and a well. What would he be? What would he be?
4: He just your brother's wife's father. That's
5: too much. So. But, uh, yeah, he's he's a computer engineer, and he dabbles in mechanics on the side. He rebuilt oh. my uh, sister-in-law's car, so wow. I really came up. I had been praying for a sensei, and I got one.
4: Mm. Yes, the universe provides. Always. Uh, I can't wait for your tiny home, Ashley. Oh, it's going to be bomb. <laughs> nice. Be bomb. Oh. I already know it is. I know. I am excited What you loving, Kira? What you loving?
2: um you know or hating you know you could hate
4: something too yeah
2: i will go with a love um it's just something small but i you know do crossfit and i'm like out of shape in and out of shape all the time but the other day i tried to do a pull-up and i can do pull-ups y'all
5: nice is this the first time you knew you could do pull-ups
2: I used to be able to do pull-ups like it was easy. You know what I mean? Like 24-year-old Shakira, 23-year-old was on the bar like, ha, I'm strong, (laughs) bitch, I'm strong. (laughs) And then since I've gotten back to, uh, you know, lifting and stuff, I haven't been able to do them. I've been using like the thickest band. And like, for whatever reason, I just jumped up on the bar like, let's just see if I could do a pull-up. And I did like two, and I was like, Oh, my God, you Mm, can do that. That was spirit
5: telling you. Girl, go ahead and test yourself. You're capable of more than you know. (laughs)
2: Right? I was like, shoot, I might even get off my knees for these push-ups. I'm just kidding. Amen. Amen. Uh, Push-ups, I feel like
5: I've never been able. I do flex arm hang, but I've never been able to do a pull-up. And it's been one of my lifelong goals that I'm just Uh, sitting by the wayside. But I feel like I would be, I would feel so strong and capable.
2: Mm. You practice with a band. There's levels to it, you know. And then mm-hmm. once you get used to it with the band, you also practice with kipping pull-ups. So let me be uh, clear. I did a kipping pull-up, not a regular strict pull-up. Strict pull-up, there's no uh, momentum to help pull the body up. Uh, kipping, uh, you kind of do like a gymnast I've seen does. it. When they who does that jerky. Pull, they jerky, and then you pull yourself over. So kipping-wise, uh, I can do two of those. It's, that's at still, least a two. Uh, that's yes, still a feat. That's still a feat. But I couldn't do that, you know, a couple months ago. So. You should
4: get a pull-up bar. Yeah. For your place. Who's going to pull up? I mean, granted, it fucked up our door. I was going to say, I think we think had might one. pull
5: your shit down. <laughs> wearing, <so> you <laughs> weren't in
4: We had one for a good long while, and every time I'd pass it, I'd be like, let me try a pull-up. Oh, man. So it'll, like, give you the motivation. Oh, yeah, you did have, have one. I remember that. fuck up your home. <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> okay, y'all. I am ready to get into this week's topic, which is death. And here to talk to us about the afterlife is Dr. Amy Robbins. We're going to talk to her right after the break.
0: Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret.
6: unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba you deserve a card that works for you restrictions apply offer ends June 30th 2024
1: hey guys you know what this playground could use a wine country huh
6: a redwood forest would be cool ski slopes
1: wait did we just invent California
5: discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.
2: All right, welcome back. Today we are talking about death with Dr. Amy Robbins. Dr. Robbins is a clinical psychologist, medium, and host of the podcast Life, Death, and the Space Between. Her understanding of the human psyche, combined with her personal experiences connecting with loved ones who have passed, provides her a unique perspective on life death, consciousness, and what it all means. Welcome! (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. This is so fun.
7: (laughs) First question, do you see any ghosts? behind
3: any of us. No, not right now. No, no. Just checking. Just checking. Second
5: question, is that an annoying question? (laughs)
3: Yes. (laughs) Great follow-up. Right. Uh, No, I mean, it's either that. That's usually one question I get. The other question is usually, do you know what's wrong with me from the psychological perspective. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, are you analyzing me right now? Mm -hmm. My response is always like, you're not
2: paying me enough to do that right (laughs) now. (laughs) Good answer. That is a great answer. (laughs) So what got you interested in studying consciousness in the afterlife? So, my story is, sort of spans over
3: about 20 years, actually. When I was 18 years old, I lost my aunt. She had diabetes, juvenile onset diabetes, and was waiting for a pancreas and kidney transplant. And while she was waiting for it, they needed to make sure that her heart and lungs, or her that her organs would be strong enough to withstand the transplant. And when they went in to check everything out, they realized that it probably wasn't going to be, so she couldn't be on the list. So they went into just check further and to repair any damage that had been done. And when they went in, they realized that she had had several heart attacks she never knew about. And her, the arteries to her hearts were like little twigs and they were unable what? to revive her. So she died on the table. She was 48 years old at the time. It was a huge loss for all of us. My aunt was like a second mother to me. My family's extremely close. And so this really sort of sent me in this motion of really grief at the time. And I was in college and I went right back to school. And so I didn't really have time to grieve appropriately. I was a psych undergrad. I knew I wanted to probably be in the helping profession. And she really was a guide for me both in life, in death, and once she crossed over. So I struggled with a lot of anxiety around death and dying and what it meant to die and really like had a panic, my first panic attack when I was 22. A lot of sort of her psychological stuff that I had kind of taken on as as trying to understand myself and her life. And then I went to grad school to become a psychologist and about A year and a half into grad school, I had what I now know was an after-death communication, a visit from her. Wow. And so I had sort of gone through, I was going through the grief process and I was in therapy, grieving the loss of her and everything. And then I was in grad school, studying all about psychology and grief. And then I had this experience that happened.
4: How did you know that she was coming to visit you?
3: Like, how did it happen? Yeah. 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 So, my first experience, and I've since learned because through my podcast this is basically all I talk about is an exploration of all of this i had what is known as an after death communication in a sort of semi conscious state so mm-hmm. i was asleep but it's like that in between state mm-hmm. you know when you're like when you've just sort of maybe woken up early in the morning and fallen back to sleep and i remember when i woke up kind of officially thinking I feel like I was just talking to her, like she was just here. I mean, it was mm. so real to me. And in that experience, in that communication, that visitation, she came to me and she said, she showed me two really clear images. One was my mom standing at the dishwasher in the house that I grew up in, washing dishes, looking out the window. And my aunt said to me in this visit, you need to tell mom, your mom not to be upset let her know I'll be at the wedding. She doesn't need to be upset that I'm not going to be there. And it was around the time my cousin was getting married. It was very, who was her son. And then I saw a vision of my uncle, her brother, she had a, my, my mom is her sister and then she had two siblings. And in that vision, My uncle was talking to her while he was pushing my cousin in a stroller. And she said, let him know I always hear him when he's talking to me, when he's out walking or running. So I called my mom that morning and I said, Mom, I had this weird, I guess it was a dream. I had this weird dream last night. That's the only word I knew for it at the time. And I described to her what happened. And she started crying and she said, I was standing at my kitchen sink last night crying, saying, Linda, I wish you could be at the wedding. I can't believe you're not going to be here to experience it.
4: Wow. Yeah. I just got chills. I know, me I know, too. Through my whole body. Again.
7: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. And so, and so at that moment, I was like, okay. And then I called my uncle and he said the same thing. I always am talking to her when I'm running or when I'm outside. And then I went to school because I had class that day and I said to I went into my professor and I was like okay here's what happened to me I don't really understand it was it a dream and she was very grounded in psychological theory and very grounded in science but she was also very spiritual and she said I think you had a visit and I think maybe this is something you should think about fostering for yourself mm. and I really dismissed it because I was like I'm in grad school. I don't have time for that. And then it (laughs) happened again when my grandfather passed away a couple years later. And then it started happening more frequently with patients, loved ones who started coming to me. And that's when I was like, oh boy, I got, I can't, this can't be the case. I got to get a handle (laughs) on this
5: situation. (laughs) Were you a believer in the afterlife before you had these experiences? No, definitely curious.
3: Yeah. Oh, not at all. Like totally grounded in science, family, all like doctors and yeah. my dad's a dentist and not not even in my wheelhouse of possibility.
5: I was going to say, because I am a very much a skeptic and have had my own experience. And it's the only thing that makes me sure that there's something after this. And I imagine like not having that and then, you know, just being a skeptic. So I guess being a medium has really opened you up to what the afterlife is? or That's more of a question than a statement. Yeah,
3: I mean, I'm like you. I was actually interviewing someone the other day about this, and he had said he had asked the question, would you rather have the experience of having a medium talk to your loved one, or would you rather have a visit? And he said more people would rather have the experience of the medium. And I said, I actually prefer having my own experience because similar to you, I've gone to see mediums before, I've gone in large settings, and I think that people often walk away initially while they're in the moment, they're like, oh my God, for sure they are communicating with my loved one. And then sometimes they walk away and they start to question, oh, well, they Mm -hmm. could have figured this out or they could have figured that out. But with your own experiences, you know, it's undeniable. It becomes so real to you that you start to think of course this has to be because what other yeah. explanation
4: is there yeah
2: hmm. I
4: definitely felt that way like the uh week before my uncle Bobby passed away I remember like I had a dream and it didn't look exactly like him but it was like he was in this circle or semicircle and like being welcomed by I guess what I could only like a group of people that I would call ancestors mm-hmm Mm -hmm. And then, like, a week later, he passed. Well, and I
3: think that that begs the question, like, when does the soul leave the body? You Uh, know, because some mm -hmm. people have said the soul kind of comes and goes as someone's transitioning towards (sighs) death. Yeah. So that the soul leaves and comes back and leaves and comes back. And people report, you know, often that they— I was just reading something today about their deathbed visits where people will say, there's my, you know— Uncle and grandfather yes. who passed away yeah. standing there and they're not hallucinations. Some people yeah. would say they are hallucinations, but there's a whole lot of research saying so many people have these experiences.
2: Mm-hmm. And um on surviving death on Netflix, the hospice situation where they were talking about, yeah, I just saw my aunt. I know I'm about to die soon, and you know, I'm gonna go see my ancestors
4: and other people who have passed on. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, my dad, like, so my dad passed in November, mid-November, and in the time, like, that we were taking care of him beforehand, he'd be like, yeah, you know, my mom is in the other room. Like, he'd say stuff like that, and we'd be like, what, dad? And, like, he mentioned, like, my Aunt Yvonne was there. She's passed on since. Like, there were people that were not there that he was like, oh. Then he also was like, that little girl says you cuss a lot. And I was like, mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what yeah. little girl is that dead? <laughs> Your future child.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, Maybe. he did
4: actually say he's like, he also was like, that white boy says you're pregnant. And I was like, Literally, like, ran to Planned Parenthood, got my little test, so I was like, not pregnant, but...
5: I feel like Dad was just having a bit of fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was like, let me see what I, got. <laughs> I can... How with her head?
3: Well, and there's, you know, sometimes we don't know loved ones that have passed over that are still on the other side. You know, it could be um, early miscarriage that's a, a little soul over there. You know, things sometimes that we, as as we are living in this earth now weren't made aware of. Maybe our family members had babies before we got here that passed away that they never spoke of. So those things happen. Um, Aben Alexander, who wrote Proof of Heaven, talks about this, that he had this journey in his near-death experience. And in that, he met, I think it was a sister from his biological family. He was adopted, I believe, and he never knew that he had this sister who had passed away. But he met her when he had this near-death experience.
7: So why do you think it's important for folks to explore the concepts of life, death, and consciousness?
3: First of all, I think it's just fascinating. It's just (laughs) so interesting to (laughs) contemplate, to think about, to talk about. And I think when we can start to explore death and we can start to think about our own mortality and to think about what it means to die and what it means to live, and even what happens after we die, many near-death experiencers who've reported, if you saw the Surviving Death series, you probably heard them talk about this concept of a life review where you really experience What happens when you were alive from the perspective of many of the people whose lives you affected? So it could be positive and negative. But I think when you think about that, what does that then mean about how you live your life? And we're not conscious about that at all. You know, we go through the days, we don't really contemplate death, we don't think about it. But when you do, and when you stop to think about, oh, I wonder. Like, was that interaction the way I would have really wanted it to be? Am I really giving or am I being the person I want to be? Am I giving love in the way that I want to give love? Am I ending my day making sure that everybody that I care about knows what's important to you? Death has a way of, of putting that in our face. And most people don't face that until they are really facing death. But why wait? Like at that point, you're it's, it's late in the game. <laughs> Hopefully
2: it's late in the game. Mm, I also feel like talking about it and like having, a, a, I don't know, it creates less fear around it. I feel like that's why a lot of people don't talk about it because it's just such a scary thing because there's such an unknowing, but like it happens and it's not the end to the entire being. It's just the end to the body, in my opinion.
3: Yeah, and when you cannot fear death, Again, you can live life so much more fully, right? Because you're not paralyzed by, oh my gosh, am I going to do this and this is going to be the thing that kills me. And I think this year really for so many if they're willing to look at it has, I mean, death has been staring us all in the face, you mm-hmm. know, for the past year. <laughs> yeah. And How are we dealing with that? You know, are we paralyzed by fear? Are we unable to leave our houses? Are we spending time with the people we love that matter to us? Are we, you know, throwing caution to the wind and saying it doesn't matter? I mean, everybody has a different response to it. Death is staring us down right now. And that, I think, is so profound to watch, knowing how much people fear death and how much anxiety people have around death, but won't touch a discussion on mortality.
4: My therapist echoed something similar about like, what is it that you, like it it forces you to contend with like, what do you want from your life? Like, what do you want your legacy? What do you want your days to look like? Because it it reminds you like how finite it is where mm-hmm. life can be. But what do you think happens after physical death? Do you think there's like, a heaven or a hell or a limbo space in between? Who got it right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't think the religions did per se, but do I have an answer for sure? No, I think no one knows for sure. That's why it's such an interesting topic because people just talk about it and debate it. I think that heaven and hell really is about how we've treated others. So that, that life review to me is like, if you were mostly kind to people, mostly compassionate, not perfect, you know, I think that's ridiculous to expect that. But if you approach the world with love and compassion and kindness and care and awareness and self-awareness, and you took care of yourself, then that's going to be more heavenly for you. And if you didn't, probably not going to be so pretty on the other side. And I don't think of hell as like you're going to this burning inferno. I just think of it as you are going to feel what other people felt when you interacted with them. And if it wasn't positive, it's probably not going to feel so good.
7: That is the definition that makes the most sense to me. I grew up Catholic with purgatory and all kinds of mumbo jumbo to describe the process of death. So In my own understanding of it, everything you're saying, and I've had two people very close to me this year commit suicide, so I've had to face it in a way I never have before. But similar to what the other ladies were saying, there were spiritual moments that happened before they both passed that didn't make any sense. Like an uncle who passed away by suicide we did a show in San Francisco at the San Francisco Sketch Fest. I hadn't talked to him in so long, but invited him to the show. And he ended up not being able to come. But I spoke to him for like 30 minutes. And he's my, you know, very much older, not my contemporary. And then Valentine's Day will be the anniversary of his death. Uh. So it was like just so strange that like, why would I sit and talk to this relative that I don't really have any, connect, you know? And I feel like that was almost a foreshadowing or something. Yeah, it's
3: really weird how those synchronicities can happen sometimes. They can happen before death and they can happen after death, where when you look back, it's like, huh, I wonder what that was about. Yeah. How the universe works in such a magical way in that way that you were able to have that last conversation with him, which I think, I mean, it, it then that opens up the door to so many questions. Yeah, so many Who's kind of controlling all of this behind the scenes and how does that happen and what does this look like? And I, I'm hoping to explore this more with like quantum physics and quantum mechanics, which seems like way over my head. I love that. (laughs) But, But I'm hoping to get someone who can kind of dumb it down for me a little bit and speak to me on my level. But I know I've always felt, I'll never forget in grad school, this professor I was talking about brought up string theory. And I still couldn't tell you what string theory is or what it <laughs> means. But I remember when she said it thinking, "Hmm, I feel like there's something to that that felt more to me.
5: Mm-hmm. I love the application of adding science into what is considered a more spiritual world because people like me, it brings me in. Like I remember when I learned Uh, energy can't be created or destroyed. And I was Mm -hmm. like, well, then everything that will be is already here and it can't be taken from us. So that proves that there's, you know, something else after this. Yeah. Um, So I I love that, that you're going to dive into science.
3: Yeah. And most of the people that I have on my podcast, I really do try to make sure that they have some grounding in science. So, I mean, not everybody. I do a lot of fun things on angels and, you know, Mm -hmm. astrology and things along those lines. But I also make sure, like in the Surviving Death documentary, Dr. Bruce Grayson was on. He's the head of perceptual studies at University of Virginia. He's going to be on my show, Aben Alexander, Raymond Moody, some of these real researchers in the field who have been doing this work for years. I mean, Raymond Moody's in his 80s. He's, I think, been doing it 40 or 50 years. Because that's important to me. It, It really is the piece that I think like there's a lot of people right now who are you know saying they're mediums and this and that and I think it's really important that we know what the science is behind this mm-hmm. and that there are people who are researching mediums and researching accuracy of mediums and making sure I mean there are institutes that are studying this it undermines it a little bit I think because there are people who are not authentic in their work
5: mm, okay. in that way. And spirituality right now feels very sexy, very on brand. And I'm seeing a, a rise of people giving readings and mm-hmm. it does feel very much like, ooh, where is your accreditation? How how long That's have you read. been practicing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. yeah. Um, and, it, and you're right, it does ruin it for those people who have actually been putting in the actual time to build mm-hmm. a practice.
3: Yeah, and I think, you know, when people ask me, I've been asked the question before, how do you define spirituality? And I think spirituality is is knowing yourself. Like what is more yeah. spiritual than mm-hmm. completely being intimate with who you are? And to your point earlier, like therapy is a great way to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think that a good medium will connect you with your loved ones. But in a medium reading, typically... And my experience, and I haven't had very many, only like one or two, because I feel like I'm in tuned enough with myself that I can tap into that when I need to, but shouldn't tell you anything that's so mind-blowing that you don't already know. You should be like, oh yeah, yeah, that's, that's validating for me. Or, you know, oh yeah, that's totally the direction I'm heading. If it's that, mind-blowing, it probably means you haven't been working on yourself enough to be self-aware <laughs> that this is happening for you.
7: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what do you think is the best way for people to kind of develop that connection to spirit or the ability even to connect? Or, you know, like we've heard of tarot cards and Ouija boards and seeing the same number on the clock all mm-hmm. the time, which I definitely um, have. That psychic power, who doesn't? Uh, but Yeah, just what are your thoughts on
3: that? I mean, I think meditation is really the best way to open yourself up. You know, meditation, being in nature, just turning off the left brain side of us and tapping into that more creative, open energy that we have when we're right-brained. And when we can turn off of that and and get into... A semi-conscious state, that's when we're able to access that. I think the the thing that's difficult is that a lot of times people expect that it's going to be like, suddenly they're going to hear this loud voice and it's like, your grandfather (laughs) is here. And it's it's, it's, (laughs) It's
5: more underwhelming than that. It's so much more (laughs) underwhelming
3: than that. It is such subtle energy shifts, that you really have to move the other muck out of the way so you can be aware of when these things are happening, when mm. your clairs, you know, the claircognizance, uh, clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience are, are being tapped because it's that subtle where you're like, oh, that's coming from outside of me, not inside of me.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Are there ways, like I notice when I... Maybe this is an overshare. Like when I dream, I feel like that's where I'm most connected. But I also notice that when I like smoke before bed, like if I smoke weed, like the dreams are a lot more fuzzy or like, like, are there ways to like really tap in and be like, here's how I know I'll be able to communicate? Well, you can always set an intention
3: even before you go to bed, you know, Mm. but be very clear what you're inviting in. You don't want to just be inviting in like anything, like just whoever's there, come to me. You want to be really clear that, you know, I I would like to connect with so-and-so. Please make sure that whatever connection I have is always for my highest and best self. Mm. And so then you're really setting boundaries and parameters around it versus just like
4: anybody who's out there, you know. (laughs) (laughs) That was literally the next question though, of like, how do you know that a spirit has your best interests at heart? What if you get a visit from a strange, stranger ghost, like stranger danger? I don't like. (laughs)
5: We're we're very afraid of old uh, plantation
4: ghosts.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, in my experience, um, you know, our loved ones on the other side are really here to help us. They're not here to scare us and bring us harm. But I like to think of it, too, like you wouldn't invite you know, a stranger off the street into your house because you don't know what kind of energy they're bringing. And so to Ashley, your point about energy never being created or destroyed, there's bad energy out there, right? Just like you can have an interaction with someone and be like, ooh, like I don't like that energy they're bringing to this Mm -hmm. conversation. Mm -hmm. It's the same with energy on the other side. It can not be great. And you can be really clear that you will not welcome that. You can do meditations around, uh, setting yourself in white light, you know, being very purposeful about protections and things like that that you want. Just like if you were going out into the world into like a dangerous place, you're going to want to protect yourself. And I, I don't think that the spirit world is a dangerous place, but you do have to be careful. Just you know, opening yourself up willy nilly to anything that's out there.
7: It's so real. I read an article of (laughs) a person who said they were a witch in the UK and was on Instagram and Twitter doing all kinds of practices. And she channeled, I don't even want to say the name, a really powerful, like, Haitian spirit, and it killed, like, she's dead now. (gasps) And I Mm. feel like that's the problem when it becomes trendy to, like... Wait, like, did she die on camera doing the like no what? she's she was she died after accessing <gasps> this spirit and was like tweeting about it, and oh. then it was reported that she was dead, so I just feel like that is like what scares me about the like trend of witching mm-hmm. and all of that, like just knowing spirits are real, and like I mean in Ghana, that shit is in your face, especially in developing countries, like it's not something you really play with um if you're not somebody who's like that's been passed down generations for you.
4: Right,
3: and I actually just interviewed someone who it's in Africa, I think they call sangomas, like medicine healers. Yeah. yeah, spiritual healers mm-hmm. are sangomas. And they're like very purposeful about, I mean, this is not something you just like, oh, today I'm gonna like channel the witches or whatever. <laughs> it's you're, you're right, it is passed down from generation to generation. It is a way of healing. It is very much- part of the culture. And I feel like, you know, like a lot of what we do here in the West, we just take things and we just like blow them up and make them whatever we want them to be without necessarily respecting a lot of the cultures that have brought these that that are, you know, indigenous to their way of being.
5: So we talked a little bit about the soul, Mm, but it's, it's so vague. What is the soul? And is it tied to our consciousness?
3: Do you think? So I sort of think of kind of a collective. So we are one collective energy. How I think of it is when we come into a body, we sort of split off from that one collective energy.
7: (laughs) And Kira's so so excited.
2: I
3: have a question that's but keep going, follow up. A a (laughs) follow-up, follow-up. And I think that it's sort of like the body is the computer and the soul is the software and that the soul comes in. Um, I think when we think about all being one, like we are all, when we come into this body, now we're living a physical life. And that's, I think, where people say you're a spiritual being having a human human experience, experience? Mm -hmm. right? And so that's how I think of the soul. I also think that the soul is something that lives over the course of lifetimes and that we are continually working to grow and evolve our soul to learn lessons of love and kindness Mm. and unconditional love and that we're brought here on earth to inhabit a physical body to learn these lessons because it's easier to learn the lessons here than it is over there. You can learn them there. You can choose to help. Like, I believe that my aunt, when she crossed over, made a choice that she was going to continue to help me so I wouldn't make the mistakes that she did while she was here.
4: What are the lessons or the mistakes that she was, like, trying to teach you? I think a big one was to not rely on
3: a man to take care of you, that that Ooh. you can be strong and you, right? I know, that you can <laughs> support yourself, that that's really important. I think self-care was a big one for her. Clearly she was ill, but she didn't take good care of herself. I believe not fearing death was a big one. You know, anxiety, as I said, was something that I was definitely plagued with. Early on, and let me tell you, when she came through to me, my anxiety—and I'm not saying that this is the end-all, be-all for everyone—and like you need to have a visit from your loved one, and then your anxiety will go away. That's absolutely. <laughs> not. I still, I still have Find periods where I feel anxious. Visits. Right. <laughs> right. Um, I still have periods where I feel anxious. I'm human, but it doesn't control me in the same way that it did before. I had this
2: epiphany about death. You sort of explained with consciousness that the soul is, it's a group collective. So my question was really, can a soul split? Like if ancestors greet you when you die, would they be absent from the spirit world? Like, could they also be reincarnated at the same time? I know it's kind of complicated. You know, some
3: people say yes. I honestly don't know for sure the answer to that. I mean, I don't Mm -hmm. know for sure the answer to any of this. I just,
4: this is...
5: Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, we all Uh, just speculate. Right,
3: exactly, (laughs) exactly. But I think that, yes, some people have said that they have been in contact with souls that are here and also reincarnated simultaneously.
2: Wow, okay. That's interesting. <sighs> Wait, that I is. I know. I know. Right? You're like, what does that even look like? <laughs> no. I'm like trying to do the
5: math. <laughs> right? Because it's like it's like splitting mommy in two, so then now there's two Momias, <laughs> one in the spirit world, right, and then one and that's one alive in the real world. Oh. Yeah, reincarnated.
2: Again, I don't know. I'm just. Yeah. But I mean, if you whatever. end up, if you think of it as like flubber and it just goes all back into the yeah. jelly bowl, <laughs> yeah. and it's like only this much of it, but all of the residue is still wrapped in the spirit world, but then this much of the soul goes into a new body yeah. and is reincarnated having a whole life. But that essence is still within that scoop that it was pulled away from. Mm-hmm. And now we says,
7: know, thank you, Shakira, that flubber was an
2: allegory for <laughs> Life and death. Yes. <laughs> Way
5: deeper than we got it got credit for. Way deeper.
7: The concept of phantom limbs, like I remember learning mm. that in uh religion class in high school, and it blew my mind, just the same with time travel and all these ideas of Basically, phantom limb is like your hand gets cut off. But so people from war, veterans and whatever, they still feel the thing that's gone. Mm -hmm. Like their brain is still programmed to feel their hand and the fingers. And that has always been on that line of like, we literally don't know. Like our brain programs us to believe what we see, but it's so much more powerful than that.
3: And I think that that's kind of the same concept with the brain and the mind. You know that the mind doesn't necessarily need to be housed in the brain. That consciousness can exist outside of that, and that's what a lot of the near-death experiencers show us is that they they died, they're brain dead, but mm-hmm. yet they still have these experiences that they come back and report to us. Mm-hmm. that are profound. And and how do those things work simultaneously?
7: What's the explanation for that? So for those of us who are still living, what's the best way to handle the death of a loved one, in your opinion?
3: I always say there's two things. I think you have to grieve, and it's really helpful to believe. So grieving, you cannot escape Grief. You can try. Mm. You can. You know. Try doesn't <laughs> work. How'd it go for you? It doesn't work. N- it not so well, right? In your face <laughs> when you least expect it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, it's like any symptom. Really, it's like a whack-a-mole. Like you try to whack it down, it's gonna pop back up. Uh-uh. It might be in a different place, but that's what happens when we don't deal with our feelings. They don't disappear. They just back up as something else. And so the grief process is not linear. It's ongoing. Grief, I don't think you're ever done grieving. And I think if you can approach grief in that way, that like this is now, it's a scar that you will forever have. And there will always be reminders of loved ones who have lost. And there will always be those experiences of pain, but you don't have to suffer through it. And I think when you can Either see a therapist and process your grief, go to a grief support group. I mean, you have to process the grief. You have to work through it. You have to tell the story. You have to say the names. You have to tell the story again and again and again and again. There's other forms of therapy too. If it's traumatic, like EMDR, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing can be really helpful for traumatic losses. What is that? It's a process where I'm not trained in it, but you do like this tapping on your legs and it's supposed to help move the story along so it's not kind of stuck in your mind. And they use eye movement to help do that. Wow. That's about as in-depth as I can go. I just know it's really, really helpful for trauma. And I've sent people who I see for a couple sessions of EMDR and it's life-changing for people. And then the believing piece is, I think it's just really helpful to explore your thoughts on death. Like when I see people who grieve, I often ask them, what is your belief system around death? And a lot of times they've never even thought about it before. And then they'll start to open up and be like, well, my religion told me this, but I'm not really sure I believe that, but I never really thought about it before. But I did have this weird experience where, and then they like go on to say how, you know, they saw their loved one right after they died or, you know, and they've never sort of put the two together that maybe there could be more out there. And I think some people will say that that's just a belief system to make people feel better about death. Um, I, I think if it makes you feel better and you've done your research and you've been open to possibilities and it's helpful to you, I mean, there are... The Forever Family Foundation is a foundation that works with people who have lost loved ones, predominantly children, who want to explore grief and believing in a really safe space. Because I think a lot of people go to grief groups and they feel like they can't talk about their experience of losing their loved one And their loved one visiting them because they don't want people to think that they're delusional or they've lost their minds, you know, or they're just in such a horrible state of grief that they're, you know, hallucinating. But these are very real experiences that many, many people have had. And we shouldn't deny people those experiences, especially since we have a lot of research supporting that these are valid experiences and they're really helpful to people who are grieving.
4: I, like, literally got a text right now that, like, a friend from college died. Are you kidding what? me? What? No. It's just this whole thing is, like... Like, obviously, death's been on my mind. Oh, do y'all know, like... Oh, fuck, man. It's just so heavy, you know? And it's, like, so sad, and I do think that, like, they're on the other side somewhere, and you can connect with them, and... I just feel like it's so sad. And I know I'm triggered because I'm just an as person, but. Well, it is sad. And I
3: think that even if you believe, it does not take the grief and sadness away. It doesn't. Like, whatever I believe, if something happens to the people who are closest to me that I love more than anything in this world, it will devastate me. Even though I really could sit here and have a whole conversation about, I know that they're on the other side, and I know that they're okay, but they're not with me, and I want them with me.
4: I just want to pick up the phone and be like, hey, Dad, you want to go get, like, food or, like... (sighs) And I just can't, like, instead of him being here, instead of the loved ones being here, like, (sighs) there are flowers or... (sighs) His jacket or, like, the shit that, like, it's just things.
3: Right, and it does not take away knowing that that he's on the other side doesn't take away
7: from the fact that he's not here. I think that's the hardest part of all of this is, like, that's the reality. Like, we want what we want that will make us feel comfortable. And I'm so sorry, Yaz, that you're going through this. But it's like what Dr. Amy is saying, you know. That's just like, damn, like what we have is the memories and the, you know, those things. But really, just the memories of these people.
3: And you can't bypass those feelings, Mm -hmm. right? You you can't get around that. And that's why I think that death can be such a powerful tool to help us live our lives because that's right. We do have the memories, right? That's what we hold. And what are those memories made of? I mean, I think of this, if I just snap at my kids sometimes, I'm like, oh, shh. (laughs) <laughs> can, I, can I swear? You can edit out. I'm like, Yeah, yeah. Know, you, we, it's an adult okay. program. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, I don't want that to be my last interaction with them. Like, what if I step off the curb and get hit by a bus? I don't want them to be like, Mommy was yelling at me when she took me to school this morning. Like,
5: that's mm. terrible. But And then that's a lot of pressure, you know, to like... <laughs> Live up to that.
3: Well, but I think it can be such small things. And again, Mm -hmm. I am far from perfect. I yell at my kids, fight with, (laughs) you know, my husband. Um, But but I do try to be intentional when I can about really being like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna apologize for that. Or, Uh you know, I'm gonna try harder next time to not lose my patience. Or why did I lose my patience? What was going on with me in that moment? What do I need to do to make sure that I don't get to that point? And it might not be easy. I mean, I was in therapy for 17 years. I still work with someone. So like, this is ongoing. It's not like I got there and now I'm like evolved and I'm done. No, I'm always looking and thinking and reflecting on how I can be a better person so that when it is my time, I'm happy with the life that I lived. And I treated the people who I love and who are important to me And even the people who I don't know, you know, the people, I talk about this a lot, like the people at the grocery store and the UPS guy who delivers my Mm. stuff every day, who every time I open the door, he's there, like making sure that I say hi and how are you? Because those tiny little interactions can make such a difference in someone's life.
5: Mm Mm-hmm. My grandmother always says that she's like, a smile doesn't cost anything and it, and it could really change someone's whole day. And just thinking about that, it's like, oh, I it doesn't. I should try to spread a little joy when I can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I have it to give.
2: Yeah. Someone said to me that death is a plight for the living because we have to continue living, even though that person mm-hmm. I do believe is in a better place not even, not as a better, a different place.
5: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like to think it's better. I like to think like it's better. Like when I think about my grandma, I'm like, she probably looked good. She yeah. probably got the best wig on <laughs> or it's her real hair. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh,
7: well,
3: I remember the first time my aunt came to me was actually before that first experience that I shared with you ladies at the beginning was she came to me probably three or four years before that, right after she died. I hadn't, again, thought it was a dream at the time, but she was so beautiful. Like her Hmm. skin was glowing. She was wearing this red sweater. And that's also how you know something's a visit versus a dream. I could tell you as clear as day right now what those experiences were like. I couldn't tell you a dream I had yesterday, Hmm, right? Because they're like, it's like an amalgam of God only knows what, like mishmash of like (laughs) daily residue (laughs) and like anxiety and it just comes together. But visits are so clear, And she was beautiful. She just was glowing. And she said, I'm healed. My body is healed.
5: It just sucks for us because we miss them.
2: It does suck. I mean, do you think there's anything to fear? I mean, outside of what it does to us as humans, but the person who actually dies, like the passing on of it. I I don't. I mean, I'm not scared of
3: dying. I'm more scared of not living. There you go. I don't want to miss my kids growing up you know I know all those things that we want to be a part of yeah at some point I'm not going to be here anymore I hope it's not anytime soon but that's I think what I fear personally more and I think what a lot of people would think if they thought about it really fear more is the fear of of missing out or certainly in losing a loved one right the fear of of the pain of missing them, like that is real, that is excruciating. You have to walk through that. But the actual death part, dying, not so much.
5: The way uh, surviving death on Netflix made it seem, it seemed like death felt good
2: almost. Like a warm hug?
5: Yeah. (laughs) And nobody wanted to come back to their human body after they were there. Um, So, you know, it did make me feel a little less.
3: But what's very interesting is that people who have attempted suicide and had a near death experience come back and their their desire to kill themselves is gone.
5: All right, we're we're a little heavy right now. Mm-hmm. So I just want to end us on a really fun question okay. or at least I think it's fun, maybe okay. it's dark.
3: I hope it's not too heavy for everybody. <laughs> I don't want that to be heavy. I want it to be You're making it lighter. Uh, I want it combo. to be kind of fun. Like yeah. I really yeah. do. Yeah. And I know that's pretty more it can be morbid, but I think it can be amazing to think about and to contemplate and to play with these ideas. So, mm-hmm. yeah. sorry. Go ahead, Ashley.
5: No, no, you're right. It's definitely a tool to live a better life. Okay, fun question. Dr. Amy, if you were a ghost, what would be your favorite pastime? (laughs) Uh-oh, do you get ready too? Because y'all know y'all got to have an answer.
3: (laughs) I don't know that I would want to like waste my time in this physical world.
5: Oh, I feel that. too good for the human realm. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Like, I think I'm like, I don't know, hanging out in this beautiful place that I've created in my mind. If I was I what would I do? Let me. Yeah. I would definitely like watch my kids for sure yeah. and see assuming that I hopefully will go before them. Um, oh and I'd make sure if this were to happen soon I'd make sure that my husband was like hooked up with someone amazing. I always tell Ooh. him. That. That is so wow. thoughtful. Nice
5: wife.
3: Oh, I tell gosh. him that all the time. I'm like, if something happens to me, I am sending you someone good. <laughs> he
5: probably thinks it's a setup. He's like, <laughs> you're going to haunt me. Um, I would. I, I like the idea of not spending too much time in this human realm, but I also feel a little petty, and maybe I want to haunt a few people. <laughs> 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 like on my off days. Okay. Tuesday and Thursdays, I haunt bullies.
2: <laughs> I, like th- I like that idea, too, though. I feel like other things exist, like maybe like aliens or something or angels. Mm. And, you know, I would want to be like, I don't know, like dipping into other um, dimensions and like Mm. (laughs) checking out what other species looks like and like seeing if I can like walk around in someone else's shoes and
5: literally like, nah.
2: yeah, or something else's shoes oh
4: yeah i feel that i feel like i would want to go like i would absolutely like jet over to space real quick like i'd go visit some planets maybe see what saturn's talking about i don't know like <laughs> i would come with you i would totally come with you for that i'm fascinated by the what that saturn talk about <laughs>
5: Saturn is a rough one.
4: I mean, but as a ghost, I'd be fine. I could like hop, skip, and jump over all the little particles of the rings. I don't know.
5: (laughs) I'm more so (laughs) just meant in astrology, it's the planet of discipline.
4: Or, you know, I don't know. What about a Pluto or some shit?
7: (laughs) That's not a planet anymore, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Damn. Damn. All right. Stop on Mars. (laughs) 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 I feel like I would definitely. In the human world, I would be trying to figure out, like, all the secrets of the NSA and, like, again, alien stuff and, like, you know, just, like, the truth behind a lot of
2: things that we don't— Oh, I thought you were gonna say you're gonna like Whoopi Goldberg, like a uh, um, ghost style, <laughs> ghost. and like take find, over a, body. find, <laughs> <laughs> drop right into someone. Yep, and take over their body. <laughs> if I had to get into Mitch McConnell to find out the truth, I would
7: do
4: it. <laughs> but how would you reveal it to everybody that you found out? Have you seen the movie Ghost Dad? No.
2: Yes. <laughs> right. No. Kira, that's the movie I was telling I know. you about. I wrote a whole show about a ghost dad and did not know there was a movie about ghost Dad. So, oh. <laughs> well, you could do the reboot because Bill Cosby's <laughs> canceled and he was the lead.
7: But yeah, no. that's what I would do. Secret.
5: <laughs> Mamia, uh, something that gave me more peace than dying because I was one of those people that's like, I want to live forever. And it's mostly because I'm nosy. I want to know what happens. And on Surviving Death, the girl was like, When I died, I saw all of what happens in humanity, and I was like, bet, I'm good to go. I just want to know what happens in humanity. Give me all the secrets. So I'm there with you, mom. That's
7: amazing. I I wouldn't want—I don't want to live forever. No. I used to. I used to, too, but now I'm
2: like— I mean, I could live I still longer. I want to say, I could live a little <laughs> to
3: 300. But I think then there's so many questions to ask. Like what are the parameters around living forever? Thank Do you. I get to pick the age I get to live at forever? Mm. Like is everybody around me still alive or does everybody die? Like there has to be like yeah. serious rules about mm-hmm. what that would look like cuz I don't want to be like 300 years old in this like Body that's not working. Yeah. Everybody's gone but me. Right. Oh man! The
2: goblin. No, I would. I would take Charlize Theron's body from like um, Old Guard. Old Guard. Oh, we Isn't just gonna it. pick people's like, bodies we want yeah. now. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna <would> take <laughs> this white woman's <with> body. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's making her own
3: parameters here, right? Oh, She's like, yeah. I'm gonna. Not only am I gonna live forever, but it's gonna be in someone else's body. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
5: hey, we get to do what we want. Wow. Uh this has been such a fun conversation. Yes. I'm so glad to finally have a conversation about death.
3: I know. I love you, ladies. This was so fun. Oh, my God. I feel like yeah. I should have had, like, a margarita. Yes. <laughs> yes.
5: You know what? Time, That's, yeah. Right? Next time, yes. we'll make this a happy hour.
7: I definitely was scared. And, like, you really have just taken my understanding and, like, comfort with discussing this to another level. So, thank oh, you. Oh,
4: good. Dr. <laughs> Amy, can we be friends? Like, I have totally. more questions, yeah. but I don't want to, like, take up the whole podcast. <laughs> oh, <and> my <laughs> God. <laughs> Seriously,
3: you have my email. DM me, and we'll chat Whenever. Oh, okay. I, was I love saying, that. Thank you so
7: much. Absolutely, anytime. That was so great, guys. She was amazing. Uh, I'm like uh, in my spiritual.
4: I know, being. right? Right? Yeah. I'm not afraid
5: of death. I nope. tell you all that. I'm living nope. my best
4: Who? life. Death. <laughs> <laughs> but don't be
5: coming for me, death. Don't be Ray, coming for me like, right now.
4: I'm not I'm scared you. I'm having a great but- time. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Yeah, just yes. stay all the way away. <laughs>
2: well, we're going to take a quick break while <laughs> Def skews off. <laughs> <that> the word? <laughs> we'll be right back.
0: Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret.
6: Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.
1: Hey, guys. You know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh?
6: A Redwood Forest would be cool. Ski slopes!
1: Wait! Did we just invent California?
6: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at
2: visitcalifornia.com. Welcome back. Y'all got questions and we maybe have answers. Yasmin, what does our listener need help with this
4: week? Whoo! This week we have quite the letter. It reads, Dear OOD, let's get right into it, ladies. My man has a mandingo. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, I love him with all my heart, but I haven't been able to love him with all of my dot, dot, dot. girl. Y'all know. I know. It just won't fit. I don't (laughs) want to lose him. He got a big ego, (laughs) y'all. I I don't want to lose him because I can't satisfy him sexually. He's a good man who makes me laugh, has ambition, and he go to church. He's never pressured me to go further than I want, but I know he's going to want to be taken care of eventually. And I understand. My girl just don't stretch that far. (laughs) Oh. What should I do? (laughs) Signed, I don't want to
2: be split in (laughs) half. Oh, girl. Oh, the imagery. Um, <laughs> Wow, wow, wow.
5: What kind of lumberjack dick is this? <laughs> you
2: know what? I seen one of these on the interwebs recently with this um silhouette challenge. For uh, whatever reason, oh my God. somebody <laughs> pulled they dick out. Did you see that one? Is it, what for whatever
5: it turn, reason. It was
4: for you, Kira. And Carol? he turned. turned yes, and, right. and, then it I, so and then it was just like, yeah. Ba- and I was I like, screamed, whoa. I screamed out loud. <laughs> <laughs> <That> was <hard.
2: laughs> I was like, Like, suddenly it's a red. Shadow, but I saw the shadow of that uh, big dick, and I said, "Oof, I feel bad for whoever is handling that." Dang, girl, don't feel bad. Sorry,
5: for her. I want, sorry, I don't we, want
2: to <laughs> <so> be <laughs> I'm so sorry,
5: sorry girl. Girl.
2: Let's support her. I'm sorry,
4: sis. <laughs> I'm here to support. Uh, maybe. oh Um. Maybe try some lubrication. I don't know if you've been there yet. Uh. Yeah.
5: Yeah, if you're not trying lube, that's definitely a bottle's worth. Maybe
2: just <laughs> okay. Lather it
6: on. Uh... This
2: this must not be new to him. I think he has had this experience in the past because mm-hmm. if he's working with that type of Mandingo, you know, he ain't always hitting bango. So <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, Shakira. I, feel, <laughs> I feel like he should be ready to take it a little slower. And on top of that, he needs to be going down on you till to to, to you're ready, ready, till the lubrication is almost natural and flowing and you can ease into it because you already, you know, feel ready. And then I I think I read this somewhere, um, but naturally our vagina stretches when we are clo- close to coming. So, I mean, he has to make that happen first and then you'll be mm. a little more open
5: a little wider a little wider
2: a <laughs> and he can't air. put all of it in all the ways that's yeah. just yeah I, and you know
5: something you know talking about he's been through this before see what he's done with other partners maybe mm. and mm-hmm. how they've overcome this obstacle
7: <laughs> I would definitely say run I'm just kidding <laughs>
5: <laughs> that's an option <laughs> yeah that, that too is an option um, don't hurt yourself
7: yeah I just feel like you know I'm a small girl so I can't be <laughs> running around just cracking it open for any old thing I mean that's just in general but it is a little scary if if somebody's size is intimidating so I get that and if if you are like inhibited by that Maybe it's not the person for you. Cause sex is such a huge part of a functioning yeah. relationship. And imagine having dread, cause you're like, I'm gonna need a recovery day. Like that would not be cool.
5: I there are other ways mm-hmm. to have sex aside from vaginal. So if you can get creative, it sounds and like your she's man don't about need getting split
2: in half by his thing, though. But also, too, how porn stars train, at least for, um... (laughs) 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 Just register for the Porn Star Olympics. No big. Um, No, (laughs) one of my friends who (laughs) I'm not going to name does porn and told me that before anal sex, they plug and they stretch it so that it sits there and it loosens it. This is so too much for this. No, (laughs) I mean, butt plugs are,
5: I think... Pretty common knowledge. But I've never heard of a vagina plug.
2: I think you would just use a dildo and slowly... Get used to different. If this is the love of your life, you do this type of stuff. If it's not, then we got to move on and get a dick. That's we can what I'm
7: saying. All live these
2: modifications and adjustments. <laughs> <laughs> if porn
4: stars do it and it works, and they put on a show and they make it through, you know that's the standard. <laughs> yeah, I think what Mamia was saying about like wanting to enjoy your sex life and enjoy your partner, and if you feel like you won't be able to enjoy. But worth a shot for all the extra plugging and... Totally
7: giving him a chance. He, he go to church, she said. Yeah. <laughs> and he hasn't pressured you. That says yeah. a lot
5: about him, too. Mm-hmm. He probably know that he can't pressure nobody to slide up in mm-hmm. on that thing. Mm-hmm. Come on.
2: Oh man. Oh man.
5: God speed to you. And also, sis,
2: you don't need to do no kegels ever again if you stay with that man. Oh my God.
5: But you better stay (laughs) with him forever, right? Because does it go back?
2: That, oh no! Like, do not you put a? Just let
5: it get loose. B- Just it let it get all the
4: loose Babies come out. You know. Listen, babies True. come out of there. You can. It stretches. Maybe. Mm-hmm.
5: <laughs> <laughs> you can maybe. I was gonna say my mother definitely ripped her shit. In half. Oh yes, oh. they do. That's oh the they, rip. they. Don't tell you about that. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, but to but gonna. it's gonna be fun for you, yeah, girl. girl you're yeah. Gonna split in half
7: because you're gonna get lube, and if that doesn't work, you're gonna <laughs> move on.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Um I'd say just ease on into it. Ease
7: on down, down. Even down. Knees on down. down the, down the road.
2: yellow dick road to the next man. <laughs> the
5: yellow dick road. Don't you
2: stick that dick in if it's such a low. Yes. <laughs> gotcha. ease, ease on, on down. down. Ease, ease on, on down. <laughs> oh man. Well, we hope
7: that helped. I don't oh. want to be split in half because neither do we. And yes, you, know, you shouldn't do Sometimes. it if you don't want to. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And agree. you know,
4: think about the angles. Like maybe there are some angles you can hit. You know. but... I mean, they
5: aren't yeah. they both circle?
4: I, I th- know. Like, you know, because like, when you're thick. like when you're put like when you're on top, you can like ad- like really choose how much you want inside of you. I, you have well, a little we don't more control. know on if it's side.
5: length or girth, y'all. Yeah,
4: I know. That's just- <laughs> <laughs>
7: Girl, write <laughs> us back with a photo just so we can analyze this
5: further. Um, Find that I'll silhouette, challenge. a big, long dick. <laughs> a big, long dick. Or like a,
7: you know, like mm. a funnel cake, how it comes out spiral really long.
5: Okay, I'm done. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh,
7: no. <laughs> All right, everyone. Um, Thank you so much for tuning in with us again this week. Remember to subscribe. And if you want to show us some love, you can always rate and review this podcast.
5: And you can come kiki with us on social media. You know where we're at. Obama's Other Daughters on Instagram. OOD Improv on Twitter. And at Obama's Other Daughters on Facebook.
4: And of course, if you need advice, uh, we got you. Uh, (laughs) We're going to try. (laughs) Right, we're going to try. Podcast at gmail.com is where you can send those advice letters. And we'll see y'all next time. (laughs)
2: Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. You Downs is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.